Welcome on to the 2022-2023 AFC South Preview. I'm your host, Matt Gannon, as always, from jerseywaybetting.com, from fantasypoints.com. And today, we are going to be talking AFC South, and I'm joined by a very special guest. Doesn't really need a big introduction. You guys all know who he is, Content King, one of the staples of Twitter as a whole, um, and that's Pat Mayo. Pat, thank you for joining me this morning. Yeah, man. Let's talk some AFC South. Fun division. Very fun division, and like it's such a question mark every single year. Like any of these teams could just catch lightning in a bottle. We saw the Jaguars in what was that 2019 almost make it to the Super Bowl out of nowhere. And if any of these teams do it, like okay, no one would be surprised. I I'm with you. Like, and it could be Jacksonville again. It and we'll get there because it very well could be Jacksonville again. So let's take a look at the division from last year. Obviously, Tennessee won this division at uh, 12 and five. Like they were just a one seed kind of out of nowhere. Like when you look back at the season, I'm like, how was the Titans the one seed last year? But um, they were. So Titans one seed, 12 and five. They lost in the divisional round, uh, followed by Indianapolis nine and eight. Kind of blew it late, as we know. Carson Wentz versus Je- oh, that game was just stupid. Versus I think it was in Jacksonville. They just I, I kept live betting them like, all right, plus nine and a half, plus 15. Like, they're going to come back. And they just lost by like 30. That was ridiculous. Um, Houston, four and 13. We know what we're getting from them. And then uh, Jacksonville at three and 14. So how did the division last year kind of pan out how you thought it would? I thought that the Colts would be better than they were. I'm with you. I was surprised to see the Titans end up. They were a fraudulent one seed, as we oh, found out. Like, that team... I don't know, you could tell me they go seven and 10, 10 and seven. Like it, it always seems like they're on the outlier in terms of, I spoke about this on my show a little bit earlier that I, like people's bets were like under nine and a half Titans. It's like, I, I see it. That's what I would pick if yeah. I was doing a win total, but Tennessee just has a weird way of just grinding out wins every year. It's like when you look at all of their cores, whether it be you know the defensive back, the, the defensive line, the offensive line, everything outside of running back is weirdly like mediocre and average, but sometimes yeah. being average across the board is good enough. Yeah. Being average across the board, pop in one category. Like we say with our golfers all the time, it's this, it's a similar formula that seems to have been making sense for the, for the Titans. And they've been doing it year after year, just being average, being average, sneaking into the playoffs and then just, throwing a dud in the playoffs because that's not how you're going to win in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, Tennessee was the favorite again this year at plus 170. I mean, actually, Indianapolis is the favorite at uh, around minus 135. Tennessee is second at uh, plus 170, followed by Jacksonville and Houston. You can get Houston at like around 30 to 1. Don't bet that. I'll book that for you if you want to play, if you want to place that. But um, so let's get into yeah, the division. We'll start with the Titans. And like, like I said at the bottom, is it a new, new formula or more of the same Derrick Henry or bust? Because how much longer can this, can this get by for them? It's funny. Like the, the addition of Robert Woods in Austin, Austin Hooper, I think are a little bit underrated. Yeah. They lose AJ Brown. That sucks. That, that's not good for anyone, especially Ryan Tannehill. But right. when, when you think about like the epitome of average, I think Robert Woods is obviously above average, but the one thing you need to look at in terms of the enhancement of Derrick Henry, Robert Woods is probably the best outside blocker receiver of anyone in football. That is always like when he signed that giant contract with the Rams, yep. It's like the other teams who weren't Buffalo, they were the only team that knew this. And then you start digging into the stats, you watch the games. It's like, oh yeah, Robert Wood seals that edge pretty well. It's almost like, I mean, I don't know if he's as good as old school T.O. who 
never really gets talked about is how good he was at sealing <laughs> right. the outside edge. And now if your game plan is just, hey, let's run Derrick Henry 25 times, have the defense be competent, you're just going to see a lot of like 24, 20, 23, 27 type games with the Titans. And when you have Derrick Henry who can ice you games or break off that huge run, and, and the fact they still give him the ball when he's trailing, if they can do a better job of working off play action this year, they did a year ago obviously they felt the loss of arthur smith a lot but now Traylon burks needs to be good so far that doesn't seem to be the case but it's the preseason didn't we go through this with jamar chase right. last season not to say that he's like jamar chase level right i know what you're saying but yes. like when we show up to week one he's like six for 84 and two touchdowns it's gonna be like oh yeah yeah he, he was a first round pick maybe makes sense makes sense maybe we should have saw him play in a game first are you worried about Robert Woods' ACL? Because, I mean, I'm sure he's fine. I mean, recovery is recovery now. But there's definitely a little bit of a question mark. Like, will, what will his workload be coming out of the gates? Will it be? Will they come out? I will not be surprised at all if they come out the gates a little slow, like as a team. Because I think they're due for some natural regression as it, as it stands. Because they won so many close games last year. That's just due to go, turn. Yeah, I mean, I, that's how I feel about the Raiders, especially with their right. division. It just looks crazy. With this division in particular, just the AFC outside of this division is so strong, at least on paper, coming into the year, that there's just a lot of losses around, especially from being the number one seed that you end up with the Bills, you end up with the Chiefs, and you end up with, I guess it would be the Bengals. The bang- yeah, the Bengals won the division, so then you end up with the yeah. Bengals, and that, that's not a great scenario for the Titans. That could be 0-3, but it's a stupid Titan, so it could be 3-0, and so who knows? They're just I would say that Tennessee is one of the more difficult teams to figure out and project because everything will point to, like you said, natural regression, unders, yeah. but I feel like it points to that every year with them, and I'm not concerned about Robert Woods. I think we've seen enough history now over the past half decade with ACL injuries. You give someone 10 months, they're basically back to exactly where they were now right and stats i feel like stats for this division you could just throw out the window because this division every year like i said is just so unpredictable so wild that's why i'm happy you pick when i said what division you want to do AFC south i'm like this division is crazy there's so much that can happen and everything that we could that we do say could be con- completely false and no one everyone would be like that kind of checks out it's the afc south so yeah this division super wonky um i don't think the titans will do it again this year so let's jump into the next team indianapolis colts and how far can matt ryan take this team because i feel like it, the one thing they were really missing was elite quarterback play down the stretch and that's how it kind of panned out well if you don't have elite quarterback play the one thing you can do is go get a not elite quarterback that's going to fix all your problems <laughs> here's the issue with matt ryan love- is he an upgrade over carson wentz Absolutely. However, when you go look and rewatch Carson Wentz's season from a year ago, he got a basically as lucky as you're going to get as a quarterback, be it with fumbles that go out of bounds, dropped interceptions, just no consequences for terrible decisions that he played so far over his skis that Matt Ryan's upside is essentially what they got at a Carson Wentz last year, even though he's a much better quarterback. So if Matt Ryan just plays to his baseline and just say neutral luck, no good luck, no bad luck, just neutral, he's Carson Wentz from last year, despite being a much better quarterback. So that's my issue with the Colts is that it felt like even though they collapsed late in the season, they probably should have made the playoffs that they actually could have been a lot worse if you looked at how Carson Wentz actually played. So I'm kind of on the fence about them as well. I think they're a bit overrated. Uh, if Jonathan Taylor doesn't have a historic season again, what does their offense really look like? I know Michael Pittman, you know, alpha receiver. 
Maybe he's not. Maybe he's just Michael Pittman, and then he's good. And maybe you're looking at, like, 80 catches for 1,200 yards. That's fine. Like, is it going to be Pierce? Is it going to be Mo Alley-Cox who steps up here? Like, I don't know. It seems like a pretty flimsy team. Probably good enough. Like, they're the rightful favorites in this division. I mean, you, although you could make them plus 100, make Tennessee plus 100, and flip a coin who you'd want right. to take. But I do think that there's the chance that you look up at the end of the year and the Colts are seven and 10, six and 11. You can say the same thing. They could be 12 and five. Like they have such a wide range of outcomes. Like if Matt Ryan has a positively like fortunate, like plays baseline has the Carson Wentz luck. Yeah. They could be 12 and five. No problem. 13 and four. But if he has bad luck and it kind of runs the opposite for them this year, they have one substantial injury to their offensive line. That's something they were dealing with very early in the season and getting through it were these offensive line injuries where they were so stacked. Right. I, I, I'm just not in on the Colts. It's, yeah. I just See, don't, it, this feels the like the division to take a shot if you're going to take one. Oh, versus yeah. Some of the other oh, ones. yeah. Oh, yeah. Cause, and that's the AFC South every year, like we keep saying. But I'm, the, the Colts came to, seem to be like the flavor of the week for everyone uh, in the AFC South and like the AFC, like the Colts it could be the Colts year. I definitely can see it. And I think that Matt Ryan is going to be better than expected because. What he did, what he he's coming to a team with, I guess, a feasible offensive line and a elite running game. I would say, actually, an elite running game. Um, so he didn't have that in Atlanta for X amount of years, and now he does. I know he's older. I know he's not Matt Ryan MVP, but he's got it. He got by in Atlanta. We wasn't great, obviously. He got by in Atlanta with nothing really, and I feel like now he's got some more pieces. I am. You're gonna call me crazy. I'm so high on Paris Campbell. I need to find my find my way to Paris Campbell props because he's always been that guy, that little slot, that X factor who have a 30 point fantasy game twice a year, something like that. But I feel like he's taking the next step, gonna get a higher role, and I feel like he is a legit like receiver. And I'm just going to find my way. I'm not going to take like Paris Campbell, most receiving yards. I got to find my way into Paris Campbell props like throughout the season. I'll, I'll, I don't know what I'll do to do, but I'm drafting fantasy. And I think he's going to have, I think he's going to be a name that we're going to come back to week 16 to have like a top five receiving season. But I'm that's my bold take for the Colts and for the AFC South. I got bad news about Paris Campbell. There's a certain person who likes Paris Campbell every year. Already, I even mentioned him as comeback player of the year. His name's Tim Andercast. Oh, so, is that <laughs> The unfortunate luck of Paris Campbell might have a direct correlation to Tim liking Paris Campbell. But you mean are you saying Tim Aaron, Tim Andercust's uh, one and done champ though? Is that is that that's what I'm that's what I'm hearing? No, he came dead last. I thought he I thought he won your one and done. No, a, uh, no. Okay, so maybe maybe my Paris Campbell take is poor, but besides that, Yannick Ngakwe and Stefan Gilmore on the defensive side, those are and that front seven front seven of the Colts was already solid and now they get in Gakwe. I think there's going to be a boost. I think they're just going to be overall better. Combine that with the Titans regression. I think this is the Colts division to lose. They're the favorites for a reason. Um I didn't place any futures on this division, but I don't know if I want to pay minus 150, minus 170 for them to be where I'm seeing I don't see minus 130 anymore. I think I missed a boat on that, but No, you go to DraftKings sportsbook right now. It's on DraftKings yourself a minus 130. Yeah, I could, I might have to get a little bit down on that, but besides that, I think that wraps up the Colts there. This is the division with weird upside and whoever can, whoever can do it. I think it's going to be the Colts. So we'll move down to the Houston Texans. What do we want to say about the Houston Texans? I think they're going to be competent. 
Not good, Competent? obviously. I think they'll be last in the division, but compared to some of the other like really brutal teams, like I think Chicago is going to be the worst team in football. And they play each other at some point. I think it's like week six or something like that. Monday but when, when you just kind of scan the Texans roster, and they kind of showed it last year, there's – they have competent NFL players. They're not banking on like bad rookies. They're banking on bad veterans and bad veterans are going to trump bad rookies the entire way down. Like, 100%. like Davis Mills kind of competent. Like no, legit. I, I'll just go back to your, to your Colts point. Like if you just put Ryan Tannehill on the Colts instead of Carson Wentz, how much better do you think this year's Colts would be than last year's Colts? nothing i mean a little bit not 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 much but here's the thing like Tannehill and matt ryan at this stage of his career are essentially the same guy yeah exactly i think both of those guys are better than carson wentz because i know you get those pop plays with carson wentz but like you said like the luck factor he's gonna fumble he's gonna be in the pocket and just drop the ball like he like multiple times throughout the season so i i take both of them over carson wentz uh, with that run game that the colts have but like you said with David Mills, Davis Mills, he's sneaky good. He was was he the best rookie quarterback last year? Like I, I think so. I, I, the like comparison legit. I was going to make is everyone likes Mac Jones, but Mac Jones and Davis Mills were pretty comparable. Right. I like. I think Davis Mills was the best rookie quarterback last year. Is that was that anyone's projections? Not really. Maybe a, like one or two guys. Maybe I saw, but will that sustain on this Texans roster? I don't know. Who is he throwing to? Is Brandon Cooks going to get every single reception after that big, big deal? Like, I don't know who he's really throwing to, but they don't have many pieces. It's, I think they're going to be the worst team over under four and a half wins. I don't know how I can play the over. If I don't know. Texans are a, a nothing for me. I'm not playing the over under either way. Like, I could see them being over four wins. I could see them yeah, being too. like, I could see them being six and 11. <laughs> Very fair number, I would say. So, yeah. Um, I think if Davis Mills has another solid year, um, not maybe one or two more solid years, he's going to solidify himself as like a career backup and just get yeah. paid forever, like Fitzpatrick type deal. So, well, I, I think Davis Mills is in a good spot. Um, I don't think the Texans will do anything this year. I don't think they're going to be the Jaguars of 2019 that uh, surprised themselves in the AFC Championship. I don't think they have a roster that even close to that team. So we will move on to the final team in the AFC South, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I wrote down major offensive upside. I have a take that I'm going to play Trevor Lawrence to lead the league in passing at 40-1. to That's not a terrible shot. I'd say, like, Goff is another one you could throw up there of, like, Media. I mean, I think Lawrence is better than Goff, obviously, but you need to target teams that have bad defenses and exactly this. force the offenses to always be throwing. So I completely understand that. And I, I mean, I like if I was going to make a bet on this division, I don't know if I'm going to get there at Jags plus 750, but that would be the bet because the bet is Lawrence is actually really good. And now that they've improved the offensive line, given him some skill position players that their quarterback advantage in this division. That's why I compare Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan and Ryan Tannehill. I think they're very equivalent at this point of their career. And like they're, they're dead average NFL quarterback. Davis Mills is probably on the lower end in terms of starting quarterbacks. And I think career backup a la, you know, even like Brock Osweiler kicked around for eight years. Yeah, so if you can he, just he be that or a little bit better, like someone you could throw into a game that you could feasibly win out of nowhere. But generally speaking, it's just not going to be all that good. Like Lawrence was a generational talent, pick number one coming into last year. Struggled mightily with Urban Meyer as a coach. Exactly no that. weapons, no offensive line. Well, what if all of a sudden he's actually just the Trevor Lawrence that you thought that he was going to be? He takes a leap year two, and the Jags are 10 and seven. 10 and seven probably wins this division. 
Yes, and I love that, the Urban Meyer thing, because there's a big question mark. You're saying, people are saying Trevor Lawrence is a bust after one year. Was it Trevor Lawrence? Was it Urban Meyer? We don't really know yet. So why am I going to, I'll take a question mark on a 40 to 1 in the NFL, which is a great number in the NFL. We don't, it's not like golf where we get that every week. I'll take that with, I think, legit upside. Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, Chris Kirk, um, Laquan Treadwell. I know those aren't elite elite names, but it's better than what he's been working with. And I like the little platoon of James Robinson and Travis Etienne, even though I think Travis Etienne was one of the worst first-round picks in NFL history. Like, I'll, I literally think it was. They kind of did that as a favor for Trevor Lawrence. So um, I like his receiving core. He has upgrade, obviously, offensive line upgrade. Um, I'm going to take Trevor Lawrence at 40-1 to to lead the league in passing and – I like if you had to pick one division as a seven and a half, eight to one flyer, Jacksonville is a decent bet. Yeah. I, well, I was looking at some of the long shots for division winners and like, can you talk yourself into the Pats at five to one? I guess so. If Tom Brady gets hurt, are the Falcons and Panthers live? Potentially. But there's so many different circumstances that need to break your way. Like you need to get super lucky. There's just a chance that Trevor Lawrence is so much better than all the other quarterbacks. Yeah. And we do know quarterback play is the biggest translator to wins in the NFL that they could just leap them without anything happening. Now we're not even hedging against Tannehill going down or Matt Ryan going down or key injuries on these other two teams. They could just outright be better than them. It's not likely, but you're getting seven and a half to one on your money to beat two of the teams because we're really factoring out the Texans here. No one's betting the Texans 30 to one. No. So it's funny because although it's seven to one and I would wager on seven to one more than likely to win the AFC South. When I look at their win total, it's six and a half. And I'm six like, yeah, that's, that's the right number. If they were four and 13, I'm not going to be super stunned, but I, I do see where the upside comes in. Maybe it's just being enamored with Lawrence's upside that he'll just never hit. But if there's ever a time to make that sort of wager, it's usually on a year two quarterback. I know. I totally agree. And one, th one other thing I took from the Jaguars when deep diving them is, um, you know, how at the end of the season, when you see like trends, uh, so-and-so teams were 14 and three to the over this year or something like that. I think if you play the Jaguars overs every single year, every single week, you will net positive. And I, when I did my MLB preview at the beginning of the season, I thought the same thing with the Phillies, Phillies overs. I bet it every day I'm up money on Phillies overs. So I think Jags overs are a thing that will net positive, whether that's, whether that's slightly positive, it's positive. I think it will turn to green. So I'm probably going to be take Jags overs every week because their offense, I think, is major upside and the defense is a real issue. I completely agree. Although, I mean, how you more or less see impact like rookies at the skill positions, but you just never really hear too much about defensive rookies coming in. But like, you know, what if Trayvon Walker's awesome? What if that just happens? And like, he's a real problem for opposing yeah. offenses. And all of a sudden they have this pass rush and a great pass rush can mitigate so many problems in the secondary that if they can actually generate a pass rush with some of these young guys, they brought in these upside elite talents that they right. now have on the roster. Like, I don't think they get back to being Saxonville again, but that defense <laughs> kind of came out of nowhere with this pass rush that no one really saw. Like you can point to like, Oh yeah, they had Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. He was a great yeah. shutdown corner, but it's e much easier to be a shutdown corner when the quarterback has two seconds to throw the exactly. ball. Exactly. Exactly. And like you're you're saying all these names for Jacksonville, like you're kind of selling me on them because the question marks with the Colts. I don't know. I don't know if I'd be able to get there at, at seven and a half, eight to one, but like th there's so much upside on this team. Like this team, I feel like this team's going to go so under their total at six and a half, like win three games or win like 10 or 11. Like it's just going to be floor ceiling type team, which is a good team you want to bet on in a long shot scenario. 
and in this long shot scenario, it's a lot like, like think about it, consider it like in the golf parlance. So you have something like, let's just take the BMW championship as an example. You could bet on Joaquin Neiman at 40 to one to win the tournament, or you can bet on Tony Finau minus 150 to be the, to finish inside the top 20. Let's say if, right. that, if those were the odds, probably somewhere around there, probably actually even worse, like minus 200. That's essentially the difference between the Colts and the Jags. And every time, you know who we're betting on it, between those exactly. two bets, we're betting on Neiman. No, 100%. You want, and I, I wish people would look at it like that because it really makes sense. And we are blessed with golf odds. I think that I think golf odds are horrible. I think they should be much more lower, similar to kind of what they were this week. So I wish people would look at it like that. And I like what you're saying. So I don't know. Maybe you're selling me on some uh, Jags futures, but. So let's get into this division prediction. How do we think this is going to pan out? I'll give my one first. I think it's going to go Colts, Titans, actually, maybe Jags. Colts, Texans, Jags, Houston. Are you aligned with me on that, or are you going to change it up? No, I'll change it up. I'll go Jags, Colts, Titans, Texans. Okay, it's the upside. I like. I don't hate that at all. Like, so, I don't know. We'll see how it pans out. I think it's the Colts to lose. I think they're getting – they got better in key areas – um, I know there's some offensive line concerns, but when they're at their at their healthiest, they are a problem. JT could lead the league in rushing again. Um, so finally, we'll wrap it up with any. Have you made made any bets, props, or futures in this AFC South? And if so, or considering any besides Jacksonville? No, I haven't made. I haven't touched this division as of yet. And I honestly, like, I'm not huge on tying up my money for five months uh, no, in terms yeah, of NFL agree. futures. So I'll. I. I mean, I have three, four futures bets in right now might get to five and if i'm gonna hit them i'm gonna hit them hard big money plays because i want to get paid out at the end of the season if i feel like i have a true advantage and i do on the ones at least i think i do on the ones that i'm in on so far i don't know like i think i'd just rather roll over my money on jags money line week to week rather than bet in the division i just because i'm getting more rich it's like compound interest i'm just getting more return on my money week after week if i am right about this no, that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's a thing because you can always stop doing that when like you feel like there's a time to stop. If you're betting a future, put 500 bucks on Jags plus 750 and they're, they should bet out at the gate, you're screwed. So, yeah, I, the only thing I, I think I'm going to get to the Colts minus 130. I think that's a fair number. Um, if it's especially if it's a coin flip, I'll pay a little bit of the juice for the minus 130. Um, and the one thing, one bet I, I had made was Lawrence Lee in passing 40 to one. I'm not big on player props like that, but I just, when I was deep diving, I'm like, this could really happen. I think if if Trevor Lawrence comes out and has a Trevor Lawrence type season, everyone's gonna be like, that makes sense. He was the number one pick for a reason. He was the best quarterback in the last what ten years. Like everyone was saying it. And one bad year, who cares? So Trevor Lawrence and then Jags overs is all I'm gonna get to in this division for now. So I think that wraps it up. I think uh, we did a good job breaking down the AFC South. Any final thoughts? No, I'm excited to watch the division. Like, I like watching crappy teams, so I'll end up watching, like, way too many Texans games, but I just find it very fascinating. Yeah, this is the best division because when you when you when the final scores are always, like, 19 to 16. And we're like, how did these teams even, like, get to these numbers? And it's only the AFC South on Thursday night, and it's week after week. And I feel like every single Thursday night football games is Jags-Titans color rush. Like, I feel like it just happens. I mean, uh, yeah, every single week, Thursday night football color rush. So, yeah, that about wraps it up. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is preview one of eight. We will be doing all of the divisions. So any questions, you know where to find us. You know where to find out, find Pat. Pat, thank you very much for joining me, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks for having me on. Peace out.